Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Command Partners, the top crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. Each week, I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today, I am joined by Caleb Light with the Luminoodle. Caleb, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Roy. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So the Luminoodle, this is your sixth campaign now on Kickstarter. Is that right? Yep, that is correct. This is the uh, our sixth Kickstarter campaign, and it's uh, been, been an exciting journey thus far. Awesome. Awesome. So, so tell us about the, the project and uh, the journey that you guys have taken to get here. Yeah. So, um, we launched our company back in 2012 by doing a Kickstarter project around a product called the Power Pot. And that was a 30 day campaign. And we were able to raise about a hundred and, you know, 30 grand roughly, which really, for lack of a better way of putting, kickstarted our business. And we've seen so much success, you know, given all the benefits of crowdfunding that anytime we do a product launch, we try to take it to the crowds first because there's a bunch of inherent values of doing that. Awesome. So so what got you started then first and foremost, thinking that crowdfunding and Kickstarter was a means to launch your company? So I was part of a an incubator uh, back. I, started, I was in a previous startup before this one, and a couple of my buddies had been doing crowdfunding campaigns. And they, and it had been working well for them. And I met these two engineers that invented the power pot. And, um, I thought there would be a real opportunity to, to kind of take that to the crowds. And given, you know, we were all in our twenties, young guys didn't have a bunch of capital to play with that would be necessary for a hard good company to kind of build a bunch of inventory and take it into a traditional retail channel. We saw it as a really good opportunity for us to you know, leverage the power of the crowds to collect the cash up front to get our manufacturing going, that ultimately would help us, you know, sell into other channels as we kind of progressed and moved along. Interesting. So do you have a technical background or what does your team look like? How has that been structured? So I went to school for accounting. And like I said, I was in a, a startup before this one. And that's really kind of where my passion is. But we have two material science engineers. And then, you know, we have the guy that does marketing and our graphics, and then we have uh, another kind of internal sales guy, and then we also uh, have a CEO. So, and it, it's kind of been an eye opener for me, kind of the necessity of having a diversified team because of all the different components that are necessary to kind of get a business up and going and keeping it going. So let's talk about crowdsourcing and innovation, and how you guys have actually built a, a company around Kickstarter and crowdfunding as a platform. I mean, you've done six campaigns now. What are some of the things that you've learned along the way that you continue to improve upon or advice that you could give to other entrepreneurs and startups? So one thing that we, we are learning more about crowdfunding, especially with this most recent campaign, is before we, we kind of looked at crowdfunding as a, a, a means to get a new product up off the ground. Because, you know, you do these pre-sales, so you're able to collect the cash. You get a bunch of earned media if you're willing to hustle, so you can build a lot of momentum for kind of the product launch. All those all those are, like, really great things and have really helped contribute to the growth of our business. But with this latest Kickstarter campaign around the Loom Noodle Color, 
in September of last year, we did a, a Kickstarter campaign for the Luminoodle, which is just a white version of what we're kickstarting today. And what we did after that campaign had completed and after we fulfilled is we sent a survey out to all of our backers. We had almost 8,000 backers, I think it was. And, you know, we thought a lot about the questions we were going to ask to try to to see what kind of feedback we could get kind of from that user base, because it's a pretty good number. It's a lot of people that had the product, they're playing with it, they've been using it. And when we sent out the survey, we were pretty astonished with how many people actually took the time to give us responses. I mean, we got over 2,000 responses and directly from those responses, it kind of molded the direction we were going to go with the next product because it was real feedback from real people that had used it. And kind of the top five things that they asked for is what we put into this new product, which was kind of really interesting because up to that point, we never kind of leveraged the crowds in that aspect. But the big eye opener was the sheer volume of people that were willing to spend the time to give you that feedback that is actually insanely valuable. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, anytime that you're, you know, tapping into the crowd for advice, these are the people that, you know, you're involving into the process. They feel like they have a stake in the company uh, and are your most passionate brand ambassadors. So it's great that you guys have done that and have built product now specifically around the feedback from all the people that you've surveyed. So that's great that you've continued to engage that community that you've built and nurture them along the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a really interesting experience and one that we'll continue to tap into. Because, like I said, I, we were just kind of blown away with people's willingness to give us feedback. So shifting gears a little bit, you know, you're, you're on your sixth campaign currently. Back in 2014, you guys were on Shark Tank and got an investment from Mark Cuban. Is is uh how how did you guys end up getting there and what what led up to that? So the interesting thing about about the whole Shark Tank experience or what led to that was. Honestly, our first Kickstarter campaign, that got us on Shark Tank. And the reason that was is because one of the producers emailed us through our Contact Us form on our website asking us to apply because of the success we had with our first Kickstarter campaign. And really, the funny thing is, is that since we went on Shark Tank, we, you know, we have continued to do Kickstarter campaigns. And we've actually been contacted two more times for two different Kickstarter projects, two other Kickstarter projects, asking us to apply because they think the product's interesting and we got a bunch of traction on Kickstarter. And so that the the, the, the crowdfunding kind of arena is actually a lead gen for that show. And, you know, Kickstarter helped us launch our business. Kickstarter helped us get on Shark Tank, helped us secure a deal with Mark Cuban, and continues to help in various other ways. Yeah, that's awesome, Caleb. So our, our agency, Command Partners, just had our fifth client on Shark Tank this past week with the cool box. Uh, and it's always interesting, you know, to to see the the nurturing that, you know, Shark Tank is always looking for the next greatest technology or whatever it may be or what sells ads basically on their TV shows. Um, so that, that's great that they're they're tapping into the community and looking at the innovation that's being built through startups like yours. Can you give some of the community some of what your experience on Shark Tank was like then? Yeah. So as far as the the application process, it's, you know, you have to do some videos and fill out some paperwork and things like that. And then once we found out we were selected, we spent a lot of time, you know, preparing, thinking through the questions they were going to ask just to make sure, you know, because you really only have one shot, especially with that show. We had raised money previously to going on Shark Tank through local investors in the Salt Lake kind of area. That's where we're based out of. And there's there's kind of a, a big difference between a traditional investment pitch and then the Shark Tank pitch in that 
with Shark Tank, you kind of negotiate in the first conversation the what the terms of the deal will be. And then there's this whole due diligence process that happens afterwards. Whereas if you were pitching traditional investors, you know, you do this the whole due diligence on the front end, and then you drive to what the deal terms will be, you know, months down the road. So understanding that, we knew we had kind of one shot to make it happen. And so we spent tons and tons of time really thinking through, you know, the questions because that's really where the rubber meets the road. Absolutely. So what, what's your experience been then post Shark Tank? So working with Mark has been a tremendous asset, not just in kind of the name recognition, but he has a whole team of employees, I guess you could call them at Mark Cuban companies that have all these varying skill sets that we can tap into at any point, And it doesn't cost us anything. You know, for example, they hired a full-time accountant and that took a ton of time. It freed up a ton of time for me personally. And then they have, you know, graphic designers, and product people that specialize in product development and business development. They're constantly kind of bundling all their different brands and going to large format retailers and negotiating in caps. And so there's tons and tons of benefits of closing that deal, um, not just on Shark Tank, but through that whole deal, due diligence process to make sure it actually closed and, you know, him, him and his team joining our team, which has been fabulous. Awesome. So you're, you're glad you went into business with Cuban then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, no regrets. So yeah, we've had similar sentiments with a, a few of our other clients that have worked with him as well. So you've got Kickstarter, you've got a platform, you've got a ton of rabid fans that love your products. How are you guys going to continue to use Kickstarter to come up with new products then? So it's, I mean, it's really in our DNA that anytime we're, we're going to introduce a new product, we'll, we'll take it to the crowds first. I mean, it really helps on various fronts, not only in product validation, but building momentum that we can then leverage after the campaign through various sales channels that we take our products through. So we'll, we'll continue to use it. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a very, very interesting tool that anyone contemplating entrepreneurship, especially kind of in the hard good technology design space should should really consider leveraging because um, there's a ton of benefits tons and tons of benefits i mean just getting access to a community that you can continue to tap into is something that is insanely powerful not to mention that there are media you can get the articles that will come out about it and then for any startup you know cash is super important so cash is king in terms Cash of uh, <laughs> yeah, so you guys have really embraced your your crowd very well. How how uh -huh. do you see Kickstarter potentially evolving to maybe support future entrepreneurs to embrace um, their crowds individually? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I <clears throat> it's hard for me to speculate about Kickstarter specifically, but I think what we'll see is more options for crowdsourcing more things um and i don't think it's just because right now kind of how how crowdfunding works is it's like perk based where you give money and you get something in return and with some of the things that are going on uh in politics and the jobs act you know crowdsourcing equity is becoming kind of more of a hot topic and i think what we'll see is more of the kind of different functions of a business start uh, kind of embrace this whole notion of crowdfunding. I mean, you kind of you're kind of seeing it with graphic design, with like a 99 designs, for example, where you can take a project and you can leverage a whole group of designers to accomplish some end goal of 
graphically speaking. And I think we'll continue to see more and more of that, which I think uh, from my position being an entrepreneur, that just kind of gives me more opportunity to, to refine more parts of our business. Got it. Uh, great, great insights. Um, <clears throat> in terms of uh, crowdfunding itself or the, the campaign that you guys have run, how has each campaign been a little bit different each time for you guys? Well, I mean, we've, we've, we've kind of crowdfunded different categories of products, so that's been different. Um, and then as we, as we do, you know, subsequent products, we, we take the learnings from the other projects and try to make the next one better. So, for example, on our first Kickstarter campaign, we felt like we could have spent more time or been quicker about responding to people's comments and questions. So that's something we've spent a lot more time just trying to be more real time in our responses. And then, you know, as we get, and then the other thing that we try to do is build relationships with key kind of media targets, which in the end just helps you kind of tap into that, that, that group or their, the, the, the media partners reach easier. And if you can create those relationships at your brand level, then you have the ability to reach out to those people at any point and you're not relying on just a press release or some kind of third party service to get access to those. Cause that's a huge driver in the success of a campaign is, you know, driving eyeballs to that page. So that's something we we really focus on as well and try to do better every time. No, great advice. It's, it's always about the relationships, especially with media. You know, they, they make or break these campaigns many times. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So what's next for you and the the Power Practical team? So we have a a whiteboard full of, you know, different product ideas and we're just kind of finalizing what we want to do next. It'll be something within the portable power realm. That's what we've always played in and that's what we like doing. So I don't have anything specific today, but I think you'll see something from us again on Kickstarter within the next four to six months for sure. Awesome. Yeah, we're always looking forward to it. You guys have been crushing every single campaign. Uh, Caleb, this brings us into our launch round where I rapid fire questions at you. You good to go? Yep. So what what inspired you to ditch the accounting degree and become an entrepreneur? So honestly, I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur from the beginning and just took accounting to kind of learn the books. I have no intention of ever being an accountant, to be totally honest. <laughs> Fair enough. So if you could go camping with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to camp out with? I'd love to go camping with Elon Musk. Everybody loves Elon. All right. So you're, you're sitting at the fire with Elon having some s'mores. What would be your first question? How he can stomach taking millions that he makes and immediately reinvesting it into another startup and being at those points when the cash is so tight that you don't know how you're going to make the next payroll. How do you like compartmentalize that and just continue to figure out what are the most important drivers to move forward? Cause that's pretty intense to think about. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. You know, he just basically ran the most successful pre-sale campaign ever selling billions of dollars worth of Tesla threes. So uh, yeah. I think, you know, I think his, his guts not in check as much anymore on the payroll side. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you listen to a story, there's definitely been those occasions on multiple, multiple occasions where, you know, how do you how do you kind of just dig deep and continue to plow knowing that it's going to happen? You know, that's something I think that anyone that's in kind of the startup scenario will come across and 
having the stomach for it, like just understanding that better is, would be interesting for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's not only on the individual level, but all those people included in it on the startup side, you know, it's not a straight line to success. Nope. Nope. So Caleb, if you were to uh, recommend any business books or life books to our audience, who, what would you recommend? Um, I, I honestly um, don't read a whole lot of business or life books. I read more books about kind of historical figures over time. And a really interesting book that I read recently was Gen- Genghis Kong and the Making of the Modern Era. And reading about someone that, you know, had no education and had the foresight to do incredible things like create a postal system and the understanding, the understanding the importance of writing down kind of the language and the religious tolerance is really, really impressive and kind of an eye opener for me. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? I'll be in a, probably another startup. <laughs> uh, what do you think the future of crowdfunding looks like? Uh, I think that, like I kind of mentioned before, I think that the the future of crowdfunding is going to evolve into more just crowdsourcing everything that you can imagine. I think that's where it's going to go. Awesome. Final question. What's the one big thing you want to accomplish in life? The one big thing I want to accomplish in life? I just want to, when it's all said and done, feel like that I provided real value in everything that I did. And that, you know, ultimately people's lives were affected in some way, shape, or form. Excellent. Well, Caleb, I appreciate you being on the show. This uh, lets me, basically, at this point, I want to—I want you to give our audience your pitch. You know, tell us what you're all about, the company, where people should go, and where they can check it out. Cool. Yeah, so we're uh, Power Practical. We do, like I said, portable power. We have products that, you know, you can. we have a pot that you can stick over a fire and put water in it, and it can charge your phone or GoPro. We have batteries that charge insanely fast relative to anything on the market. And we have these really cool LED lighting solutions called Luminoodles that tons and tons of use cases. And uh, for more information, you can check out our website, powerpractical.com. Caleb, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Audience, thank you for tuning in. Remember to visit artofthekickstart.com for all of the show notes, links to things that we've talked about, and a full transcript. Thanks, Roy. Have a good day. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and share it with your friends. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding marketing strategy, please visit our website at commandpartners.com and request a quote. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time.